Welcome back to the Outer Bubble podcast, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. My name's Rachel Peru. I started a new career as a model age 46 and now find myself as an international model, modeling lingerie, fashion, beauty, and I'm now 51. I would never have imagined that I'd have the confidence to do this because I didn't have it in my 20s and 30s. I've come across so many other women in midlife who are stepping out of their comfort zones, stepping out of their bubbles, and going on to enjoy and feel fulfilled in this next chapter in life. So I hope that by sharing these stories, they will inspire you to do the same. What's stopping you? Time to step out of the bubble. Welcome back to a new week of Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's been a good one for you. Just looking outside the window today in Yorkshire and it's been really cold but beautiful blue sky and that always puts a smile on my face. So I hope whatever you've been up to has been a good one. This week, I am talking to top stylist and design consultant, Alexandra Alenska. Alexandra, her list of clients has, has really so impressive. I don't know where to start from Chanel to Days Magazine to Vogue, Vogue Italia. Her portfolio list of clients is really impressive. So I'm looking forward to getting some behind the scenes gossip, but also to find out how when we get into midlife, we can use our clothes to express this new chapter and to express how we're feeling and to become more confident in our wardrobe. So she's got some great tips and advice for us all so I'm really looking forward to talking to Alexandra grab a coffee and enjoy so welcome Alexandra it's so lovely to chat to you again after meeting at the end of one well, seems like ages ago but it was the end of last year wasn't it it was yes absolutely in York in our event at the lovely hotel there with the gorgeous views over over York Minster it was so lovely to meet you and I'm thrilled that you've invited me onto your podcast thank you so much for having me oh it's an absolute pleasure so you are now back in Paris Yes. I've done my little instruction um, so people know a little bit about you, but you know, you do have lots of different strings to your bow. So how do you describe yourself to people? <laughs> well, pre- presently, I'm the style whisperer. I'm a creative director, essentially, which encompasses kind of my my different, as you call them, strings um, or maybe ribbons. I'm not sure. Oh, yes, um, ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good ribbon. I have to yes. be honest. With you. you know, it's funny because w- when I was sort of in my 20s, I, I was in 30s. I was fortunate enough to look quite young, which you know meant that I got carded and stuff, you know, got my ID checked when I was in my 30s. I was always like, hey, you know, but it meant that I didn't fully go for it with my my sort of feminine bits and pieces because I was afraid that I wasn't going to be taken seriously mm-hmm. and it's only now that I'm 44 that I think oh yeah I can wear a bow or you know I can really embrace that side of myself because um well, well I, I sort of look look a bit more serious and, and older now yeah it's funny how things change isn't it anyway so yeah I'm a creative director I've worked with as you've, you've probably said in your introduction I've worked with major fashion brands here in Paris including Chanel, Vanessa Bruno, Celine all those lovely lovely companies um, that I dreamed about working for um, I've done photo shoots, styling for, you know, Vogue for Exit magazine, which is an art and fashion magazine where I was the fashion director. So all sorts of things like that. So it's really about using style as self-expression, style to tell stories, be that for brands, be that for magazines, be that for private clients, um, which is where I'm working now. And that could be, you know, through putting outfits together, through putting things, moving things around and putting things together in your home, not as an interior designer, but, you know, to seasonally refresh your home, your space, all of this. Um, it's, yeah, I love the fact that we can change the way we feel about ourselves by changing things that we wear and changing our environment around us. It's really powerful. Yeah, it really is. And especially, you know, 
the fact that we are talking about women in midlife on the podcast and, and you do go through lots of changes in your life from teenagers to then getting into your 20s and 30s but I think it there's a, a whole kind of tidal wave comes again in your 40s and style kind of evolves and you don't really know where where to begin with it again so it'll be interesting to, to get your thoughts on that have you always been were you, you know interested in style and fashion from a young age or did it develop slowly um, I think I was more interested in interiors. My father built the house that I grew up in. Oh. And so it was it was a beautiful building site. You know, I used to play in the builder's sand and we have, you know, it was this orchard, this abandoned orchard and they bought the land. My family's of, I'm English, but I'm of Polish culture. And my family bought the land and built, you know, a, a lovely wooden structured house there with with sort of wooden carvings on you know my father he wasn't a, a carpenter by trade or a builder mm. he was in the music industry but but you know as many Polish people you know very good with his hands and and he loved the craft in fact when he died he wanted the message let the craftsman create to, oh. to be on his grave which I think is really beautiful so I I clearly inherited his love of well-made objects and savoir-faire and just that attention to detail that that he had in building every aspect from the foundations up you know from the foundations to the decorative flourishes you know and I was allowed to like draw on the walls before they before they were just after the plaster had gone down and before yeah. the wallpaper went down so there's like some elephants and things drawn on the walls so it was while I was um, encouraged to, like many children, of, especially of immigrant families, I was encouraged to go down the academic route. And, and I did. And, you know, I was very good at it. I read literature at university in London. Yeah, I, 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 I've always had a great love for, for creativity and, and style. And, and I just think growing up in that environment really, really helped that. Sounds like you really have inherited those genes. That's such a lovely story. Lots of people like the fashion industry and think they've got these ideas of what it's going to be like going into it but how realistic was that how difficult was it to get into the industry and was it what you thought it was going to be oh I have so many stories I could share with you you know on the subject um it could be a whole like podcast series um <laughs> And I think it's really interesting and really encouraging that right now, you know, we are at a place in society because, you know, fashion is a cultural reflection. And so I, I do think it's interesting to see that as a society now we're at a place where we're um, at a broader level talking about mental health issues, you know, safety in the workplace, mental health in the workplace. And I do think that a lot of those questions and issues are quite pertinent to the fashion industry you know there is a fantasy of this industry and some of it is true and I've had some incredible experiences that I wouldn't change for the world mm -hmm. you know and when I look around me even here in, in my apartment and I see some of the pictures that I've worked on and you know they, they do fill me with joy and memories and I think that's it's quite powerful looking at the, the power of of objects in, in, in sort of reminding us of, of memories, both positive and negative, which again is why it's so important to, to wear clothes and have things around us that surround us with positivity and, and good memories, happy vibes. It was a hard industry to get into, but I think, you know, you if you want to do it, you can do it, you know. Um, and also I'd like to say it's a very different industry today than it was when I started in 1996. Yeah. You know, experience for, I worked at a magazine called Dazed and Confused. I wrote for The Guardian. Um, I worked for a designer who who did, who actually it's interesting because I worked for a designer who actually who, my grandmother still has the picture who featured me as his muse. That was, so I say my first job was a muse in oh, El right. Magazine. Oh, wow. 
And he was a fashion designer who used to be an interior decorator. And then he, we made clothes for the British catwalk out of like old oil paintings and Union Jack flags and things. And it's funny because now he's gone 360 and now he's, a, he's an interior decorator again. And I think there is a great synergy between these these different metiers because at the end of the day it's about self-expression through and telling stories through style so so it's quite interesting so yeah so I did yeah I think you have to work really hard like you do in many industries um, and it's not as glamorous as everybody sometimes thinks it is and you know often young fashion professionals and students ask me is it like the devil wears Prada and I laugh (laughs) I'm like it's worth like that's nothing and also I think it's important to think you know do we sometimes confuse depictions of powerful women with bitches you know Mm. just because we're not used to maybe seeing powerful women depicted absolutely things that she did you know like throwing her coat which are completely unnecessary but yeah I've dealt with a lot worse we 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 could say um to be polite and it is quite I think now when I look back I'm quite shocked at some of the things I put up with um, in the name of career progress that maybe now, uh, you know, as a 40 something, I think I'm trying to find new balance in my life. Yeah. But do you think there's been positive changes? I mean, do you think that that it's become more inclusive, more diverse since you've been? Yeah, Yeah, that's a great question, Rachel. And I think, you know, you share experiences in in this, in this realm as well. Um, In some ways it has become a lot more inclusive. And I think, again, that's to do with the broader societal reflection of the Me Too movement. And also the idea of aging that, you know, girls like me have grown up and we don't see ourselves as perhaps the 40 or 50 year old somethings did in the past, perhaps. Yes. You know, I was laughing because there's a shop here on, uh, oh, I, I don't remember, is it on Boulevard Houseman? It's, it's nearby. And uh, and it's, it's it's quite an antiquated shop. It sells shoes. And it says, um, in French, it says, you know, shoes for women aged 40 to 50. And then you look in there and I'm like, oh, these are shoes for my 97 year old grandmother. Yes. You know? yeah. So the idea of aging has changed. And, you know, the idea of, of like role models, you know, I look around and, and, you know, we have, there's women in the media, there's Jennifer Aniston, there's Kate Blanchett, there's, uh, who's the redhead, Julianne Moore. You know, there's yeah. so many amazing women out there in their 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, who are powerful, who are beautiful, who are yeah. stylish, irrespective of age. You know, it's not about, oh, oh, you look good for your age. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, you know, that should be banned. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, I, and I hate this phrase, you know, women of a certain age. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. we're a great age. <laughs> you know, and, and also some women in their 20s or in their teens can feel awful about themselves. You know, it, I agree with you. In, and I see this in many of my private clients, because as you said, now I'm starting to work with private clients. It's quite yes. fun. We do go through new transitions in midlife, menopause, um, divorce, breakup of significant relationships, you know, even mm-hmm. hitting a significant age where you don't think it's going to affect you. And then it's like, oh, what's what's going on with my body, yeah. with my brain, with my mind. So things do change. But in the industry we are seeing more women of different ages at different positions there is a diversity on the catwalks in terms of race in terms of age in terms of sexuality and I think that that's all you know really positive and I I hope it's not just a trend because I've seen you know when you've been around for a while you see these broader trends come and go so I, I hope that it's not just a phase yeah I don't I'd think like, it's because I think we've got women like us you exactly know. I'd like to think that the pressure of kind of society and the culture that we've, we've, we've all kind of developed in the last couple of years of inclusivity and diversity and how the consumers are really demanding that now that they'll yeah. have to take that on board and not just 
give that token gesture but well indeed and, and also yeah I have seen changes in in like because you know it can't just be on a on a level of like the models which is you know obviously the visible part of the fashion industry or the fashion shows or you know the kind of marketing materials it has to be a fundamental change behind the scenes as well yes and um, the, even the fact that Anna Winter is still a powerful figure I mean she's a businesswoman and she's worked really hard to get to where she she's at but there are so many other powerful women in position, you know, in high up positions mm. in the media, in brands. I think that's reassuring. And also in, in a, on a design level, there are some amazing luxury brands now, as well as mid-market and, and fast fashion, faster fashion brands that are, are catering to different sizes and different age groups. And I think that's really significant yeah. as well. Like AZ Factory that was, um, that Albert Albaz did. Actually, they've got some pieces in the Net-A-Porter sale I saw, I saw just now. And they've got sizes like XXS to XXL. And I think that's yes. really brilliant. And it's type, it's like great. It is. It's, it's a positive change. So looking forward to the future. Have you always yeah. had your own sense of style then? Have you always had a certain look that you've always kind of stuck to or has that evolved as well how would you describe it (laughs) oh by the way I love the fact that you're in that your Breton stripes today Rachel I don't know I don't know if the the podcast audience probably can't see you but Rachel's wearing a lovely a lovely um top with um with black and white stripes so you've got your Parisian touch (laughs) (laughs) or at least what people think Parisian touches we'll get onto that that kind of that kind of vibe oh my god Emily is definitely not in Paris That's for another day. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I was got distracted by by your gorgeous top, and I forgot what you what were the question. So we're talking about your oh, sense of style. Yeah, how would you describe it, and has it how how has it kind of evolved over the years? So yeah, I recently spent some time. I was ill last year, and I spent more time with my mother than I've spent in probably the past twenty four years or so, mm. um, which is always eye opening, isn't it? And I saw some family pictures that I've never seen. You know, our generation—we're not from the Instagram generation or from the phone picture picture selfie at every corner. It's taken me a while yes. to get into even posting pictures of myself. Um, I was always a very much a behind the scenes person, so it was really nice to see the few family albums that we've got that I'd never seen before, and I'd say my style has definitely evolved and I, and I do think that style is an evolution not a revolution that's why although I have to say I'm addicted to queer eye and I feel a bit like I'm a bit like queer all the queer eye guys in one you know because <laughs> I do you know I do your wardrobe styling your home styling all of this yes and it's a lot of it's about mindset of course isn't it because you need to embody your look but I love those makeover shows except that I think you know obviously it's done for the cameras and it's a bit too much like oof and then somebody changes style and I don't think that's really what happens I think really what happens is you know we need to put incremental changes in place to evolve our style rather than radically change everything it's it's not about that and I do think that everybody's got the essence of style in them even if they don't feel like they're stylish mm. so when I look back at some childhood pictures it's like I was often dressed in like hand-knitted things that my grandmother made for me quite polish and um, like knitted skirts with matching sort of waistcoats very 60s very 1960s she says in her 60s chanel jacket and and you know some of the clothes i would be dressed the same as my brother as well um, so we looked virtually identical so quite and then i remember i had wide feet and so my mum was always putting me in boys shoes which now would be really cool but at the time i hated i wanted to be a girly girl so i think you know, and then you go through your experimental stage, you know, when you're a teenager. But I think the essence, the core essence, because I believe that style is an expression of your soul and it's an expression of your values. So I think the core essence has always been the same. But I think you, you, your body changes and you learn what you like about your body and what you don't, or what you like less, what you're happy to show off. I think 
in many ways I've become more sexy she says in a polo neck (laughs) sexy but I still like to keep it warm I hate being cold (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely evolved but I would say that it's always been quite elegant Mm -hmm. and that's probably influenced from my Polish heritage and you know my mother's got a very elegant style she always wore lovely culottes and skirts and dresses as I was growing up uh, as I was growing up so yeah, so quite feminine and elegant and always a bit, so always with a dash of eccentricity of some sort. You know, there's always something funny in the mix. You know, Diana Vreeland, the famous editor from Harper's Bazaar back in the 50s and 60s, said we should all have a bit of spice in our wardrobe. And I agree with this. You know, yes. I love a bit of bad taste. You know, something, <laughs> it shouldn't, you know, I don't like it when it becomes all too kind of good taste because it's yeah. a look that you buy into. And I think it should be about self-expression, really. And I think that's that's the difficulty when you get to certain certain age um, in midlife, and it can happen at whatever age. But it's it's you know whether it can be through divorce or you know yeah. your children leaving home. So then you're kind of working out what who you are again and what your purpose is, yeah. and all of that can knock you, and your sense of style really becomes disconnected from who you are. So obviously you're now working with personal clients. How yeah. easy is it to get that back, and what simple steps do you encourage your clients to do at the beginning of that journey? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I completely concur with everything you're saying. And, you know, I have a lot of clients in their in their 50s and, and I do hear these things again. I feel lost. I don't feel like myself. And your outward expression, what you put on your body is, is, is often an expression of how you're feeling on the inside, um, which is why I work with what I call my inside out style identity. So I think you're right in what you're saying. It's, it's about reaffirming what you are about. And that's not just about your wardrobe. It's about simple things like having fun, you know, discovering what you love beyond your children or beyond your work. You know, recently I was speaking to a, a pilot that um, retired and she she was forced to retire early because that was what the airline wanted. You know, so suddenly mid fifties, you know, she, she's had to stop the job that she loved. And she said, oh, you know, I'm used to wearing a uniform every day. I don't know what yeah. to do without my work. I don't know who I am outside of my work. And so as much as it's my job to help, you know, to redress somebody it's also important to readdress what you're about so I try and with with clients you know it's it's really quite it's quite a gentle approach because we all have insecurities about Mm -hmm. our bodies or about our beliefs or about the way we express ourselves so first of all it's really about establishing what's somebody about now what do they want to be about you know what's your dream how do you want to be portrayed or conveyed so for me for example on a per on a very personal note I always felt like I was labeled as cute um, and I wanted to feel sexy mm. you know I wanted to and I wanted to express that a bit more so as, as I say I'm laughing today because I'm in this polo neck and I do love a polo neck um, very wrapped up but then it was like okay I'm 40 I'm in my 40s you know I love my body more than before even if it's bigger than it was before and how can I do that in a way that I consider to be tasteful elegant and relevant you know so one thing I would suggest that clients do um, is, and I obviously work with clients on this, is to come up with three words, three key words that define your personal style so, and, and your beliefs and your love. So first of all, just brain dump anything that comes out of your head, you know, on a piece of paper or computer or however you want to do it. So it could be you know, descriptors, it could be it could be sexy, it could be avant-garde, it could be edgy, it, you know, whatever you feel that you would like to be more of or that you already are as well, you know, maybe secretly, because I sometimes see this quite buttoned up career women because that's how they've been dressing for work. And then actually once you get down to the nitty gritty, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I just love to look a bit more laid back or, you yeah. know, I don't, I want to look more relaxed, more weekendy. I don't want to look like the career bitch. Yeah. But maybe some people do want that, that, you know, they want to look more powerful maybe. So just list all your descriptors. And then also some of your 
some of your values as well. You know, how do you want to be perceived? Because fashion isn't just about the way you express yourself. It's about setting boundaries for others in the way that others will perceive you. Do, you know, do you want to be looked seen as a bitch? Do you want to be seen as warm, kind, friendly? What, what values do you have that it's important for you to express? And then is the hard part because you have to choose just three key words. So you could be an edgy kind romantic that's okay it's all right if they're contradictory and then you need to find pictures that represent those words to you because you know language is limited and fashion is a visual language and it helps us to express ourselves so you know obviously some people find this easier than others but I would work with clients you know one-on-one with this to, you know, to help. But if you're doing it by yourself, which, you know, everybody can do, you know, make a Pinterest board or just cut out of magazines and be quite instinctive. And that can be a kind of, you know, a lot of, I, I'm, I'm like this myself as well from my academic background, you know, a lot of my clients are quite analytical. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been guilty of this in the past, but I know that what we need to do is to actually get back to our instinct. And that can sound yes. a bit woo-woo, but actually it's what a lot of us need. And it's to say, you know, I like this, I don't like this. And, and then to reflect on what do I like and why do I like it? So, and why don't I like, and is it because I actually truly feel it or is it because I've been preconditioned to yeah. like or not like those things? Am I limiting myself in those beliefs of what I can wear and cannot wear or what I like and what I don't like. And if it's that, then it's about spinning the script on some of those stories that you're telling yourself. Yeah, it's, it's um, really, it's a really interesting subject because you're so right. A lot of kind of subtitles of our ideas of what we should be wearing. I mean, there isn't any shoulds. It is, should be a feeling of how it makes you feel. And we've all been preconditioned yeah. to believe that, especially women, I think. It's you know, over the years, it's dumping that baggage, isn't it? And re- reframing it. What would your three words be out of interest? Oh, 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 elegant, <laughs> uh, probably elegant, feminine, and yeah, a bit eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And that comes out, and that comes out in little ways or big ways, you know, depending on the situation. But <laughs> well, I've been thinking mine would be, um, I think mine would be confident, sexy, and calm. I love that. Confidence is an important word for me too. Yeah, I love that. And that actually, oh, they're beautiful words, Rachel. I can totally see that. Yeah, it comes through in you. I think I've been seeking more calm in my life. I mean, you are are based in Paris, aren't you? Which is just the most beautiful city. Do you see a big difference between kind of European women in midlife to, to the UK? Or do you think that's a myth? Yeah, so I'm between the UK and Paris. So I do, and, and then obviously I have a lot of clients because we do online styling as well. Yeah. So we have clients in America. I think there are differences. Yeah, but I think it, it's also, of course, a generalization. To, you know, whatever we say is, is going to be making generalizations because, of course, there are there are French women who are not at all stylish and don't care about the style. You know, that's yeah. fine. So if I'm making generalizations, I would say that there are there are differences. Yes. Um, and here there is more of a culture of, of, of being dressed and, and enjoying that routine and pleasure of being a woman and getting dressed as a woman. And I'd say that the positive thing about the British sense of style over the French sense of style, and, and, and by French, actually, I mean specifically Parisian, because mm. Parisian style is very different to the rest of France, yes. uh, is that Parisian style can actually be suffocatingly conservative at times and there's sort of a whole load of codes that are wrapped up with sort of Parisian style and and partly that's because of the historical beauty and baggage of fashion and haute couture in in Paris whereas in England you know London Fashion Week it's a lot to do with 
the heritage of punk and rebellion and self-expression. So the beauty of, of many of the British women is that, you know, there is this Gloria mixing and matching and irreverence. You know, I, I saw a great lady in London just before Christmas and she was wearing like almost a fluorescent yellow she was like in her 50s she was wearing an almost fluorescent yellow it sounds disgusting but she was so stylish it was um it was a long sleeve dress it was probably from Reese or Whistles or somewhere yeah. um a long sleeve dress with a collar so a fairly conservative style mid-calf you know so quite buttoned up and then it was in like a really bright yellow and, and like a python print and I just I smiled and I took a picture of her from behind because I thought you wouldn't get that in Paris, you know. Right. It, it's, it's this bravery and boldness. Look at our queen <laughs> with her wonderful monochrome looks. I mean, she she owns her style. Yes. You know, she's not conforming to somebody else's codes of what British fashion is. So I, if I'm making huge generalizations, I see that. But I would also say that in France, um, in Paris, women invest more in key pieces. Whereas yes. in England, it's more of a bargain culture. And I I have to say, I'm a, I'm... I think that's yeah. more of a negative for the for the British. Yeah, how do we get that across that, that investing in really key pieces for your wardrobe? You don't need to have as many clothes as you think you do. It's just about buying the right pieces. How do we shift that mindset? Because not yeah. just for, you know, not for our own kind of mental well-being and for our own how it makes us feel wearing designer clothes, but also for the world of the sustainability. That's so that's so true. Yeah, I'm not sure of the answer. I just made a video actually because I launched a YouTube and I just made a video about the fact that actually if you have six pieces plus a coat, you know, that's actually can see you through a month or, yeah. you know, you can make so many outfits out of that with a few key accessories, investment accessories, that that can make us, as you say, feel great. But how much better is it to have one fabulous, for example, knicker and bra set with yes. a few, maybe a few pairs of knickers, obviously, because we change our knickers more than our bras that makes us feel a bit, you know, twinkly inside, yeah. a bit vavavoo. Absolutely, you know, it's my go-to. Loads of saggy, baggy Marks and nothing wrong with Marks and Spencers, by the way. But you know, a five-pack of panties from Marks, it's it's not going to make you feel great, is it? And it's clear. So I don't know exactly how to get the message across, but I'm trying to get it across, Rachel, and I know yeah. that you are too. Yeah, I mean, that's my absolute go-to. If I, I now will always, you will always find me in matching sets of underwear. And it's something that I start, I didn't start doing until I was in my 40s, investing in the right lingerie that always makes me feel good because it has altered my mindset. It has made me realise that it makes me feel better. It gives me a boost to know that I'm wearing beautiful lingerie under whatever I'm wearing. And it's the same with all the clothes that you wear, isn't it? It's got to be that feeling. And, and buying quality over quantity has to, has to be the way forward. What are some of your favourite brands then? Oh, oh, just on the subject of, of bras, I mean, it, it, you know, I love actually, I really love going to Rigby and Pella. Yes. Which is a really old fashioned store. But you know what? They've got everything in there from lacy thongs to, you know, panties. So yeah. I, I think people rule it out because they think, oh, it's the Queen's thing. Oh, it's really expensive. Yeah, it is. It is pricey. But I do love it because they really know how to fit a bra. So as you say, it gives you a mental boost, psychological boost, but it also gives your boobs a boost, right? Yeah. So love Rigby and Pella on the subject of underwear. Fantastic service. My favorite brands, I do love Chanel. And it was such a pleasure to be able to work with brands like Gosson, which is owned by Chanel yeah. and the costume jewelry um, and do campaigns for this sort of brand and, and work with Chanel Fine Jewelry. It's it's a brand that I love and I know it's expensive. It's undeniably expensive. And also buy vintage. You know, this is a vintage Chanel jacket, for example. And it's a way of 
it's still expensive, but it's more affordable and, and, and we can save up for these things as well. But also it's the brand whose values I love. It's still relatively independent. It's one of the few that's not owned by a huge conglomerate. They're investing, for example, in the renovation of the Grand Palais. So it's really this idea of fashion and art and culture coming together. It goes beyond just, you know, a pretty brand. Yeah. Um, and I do think that at this stage in, in life, as you say, you know, it's really hard to know what's sustainable, but we have to try and make sure that our actions match our values because yes. by now yeah. it's a good time to reconsider our values reaffirm our values yeah. you know check in on our values and see if our actions are working with that so Chanel for me is, is a great brand in that way and also they're such a pleasure to work with so love Chanel <laughs> <laughs> undeniably I also love Gabriella Hurst Uh, who's a designer from Uruguay, who now is the creative director of Chloe, the French fashion brand. But I love her own brand. She has a store in London. Again, it's really expensive, but it's such incredible, exquisite quality. Mm. You know, she uses, um, and also again, her values are brilliant. She works, she grew up in Uruguay. Her family has a ranch in Uruguay and she uses the ladies who she grew up with. You know, some of them knit the jumpers for her. Um, She gets the cashmere from from there and uh, some of her walls actually I don't know if her cashmere is from there but the Vicuna etc you know so again it's a brand with great integrity and that's what I'm interested in at this point in my life that doesn't mean that I don't shop high street as well because I think today it's not even if you're a luxury client it's about mixing things together yeah um I love Uniqlo I love Wolford for polo necks which we've we've established is great um yeah there's so god there's so many brands that I love that could I could go on and on about but I do think it's about finding brands that match your values and also your body shape and your taste and you you know you have worked with so many the list of your clients is incredible is there one that's gone away that you haven't worked for yet that you would love to let's put it out there in the universe ah like in terms of big fashion brands or private clients yeah or both um (laughs) i would love to work with kate blanchett i think she's yes incredibly elegant and I think also because I feel like we'd get on like I'd love to have a cup of tea with Kate Blanchett you know and uh, yeah I think our style is is not massively dissimilar although you know she's much taller and um she's gorgeous in terms of brands I would say oh the big one I've not worked for is Hermes you know oh yes it's you know it's one of the big luxury ones that's still relatively yeah. independent so I, I love that yeah right well we've put it out of the universe so let's see what happens this year what Alexandra about, <laughs> what about you Rachel I love this what about you, Who would you oh talk gosh to? I'd love to I mean I would love to to work with Dodge and Cabana I would love to because they are really inclusive brand size wise now I would love to do a, a runway yeah. show for them that would be amazing that would and I really like Marina Rinaldi as a brand I really oh, like yeah, them yeah, yeah, and, yeah, know, I'd great. love to work with them they're on my on my my mood board for this year so oh, good. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to dream big <laughs> I, I also love Massimo Dutti because I and, and you know because I love these brands that are, are sort of quite quite classical but that you can make your own and they're you know they're, they're well made they're well tailored they've got good quality fabrics Dolce & Gabbana is a fun one isn't it for the Vava Voom yeah. they do address a curvy body type yeah and frankly I'm obsessed by Italy I mean oh god mm. who isn't right pasta and red wine yeah, mm, yeah. delicious yeah. so yeah <laughs> I love I love Massimo Dutti too but they very rarely have anything in that fits me I'll be honest with you they really yeah. their sizing they need to sort their sizing out but that's another issue altogether yeah they need to work on that they do yeah. they do there is a lot of work still to be done I mean much as we try and be positive there is yeah. let's face it there's a long way to go with a lot of brands and is that something that you've come across with your personal clients as well because sizing is obviously an issue with higher end 
couture clothes they know quite often they don't do the bigger sizes yeah I mean there are, there are the, the good thing is that there are some amazing brands like Rolla More for example mm. who do do amazing tailoring really up to huge huge sizes so there's always going to be something out there for everybody you know I can't promise to get a Chanel jacket for somebody yeah. They don't make them that size. But you know what? We find something else because Mm. there's so many beautiful things out there now. And and as I say, it's not just about buying luxury brands for clients because not everybody wants to spend that much money on, on clothes. You know, it's about finding the right pieces for the right client at the right price. Absolutely. And, you know, what's your aim for this? Because obviously you set up your YouTube channel, which is brilliant as well. I've been binge watching all your videos. You know, how would you like to see this grow now? Well, I, I was just, we were having a little private chat before, weren't we? That I do, uh, you know, I launched stylewhisper.com and my aim is to upload more content onto that. That's it's style and soul solutions for modern midlife women. And I just, I'm really pleased that there are loads of other women like us, Rachel, you know, who are putting it out there that we're midlife women and we're proud and that you can be stylish and beautiful and gorgeous and sexy yeah. at midlife and beyond. And I feel really happy to be part of this. It's not a movement exactly, but this movement towards that. I would like to grow it, but I'm, I'm going to need some help, you know, and I'm learning a lot as well because social media is really quite new to me. And as I was yeah. saying earlier, I'm just putting myself out there in pictures when you're used to being the behind the scenes person that's directing images is really new. How comfortable are you getting at doing that now? Because like you say, you've been behind the scenes for so long and now you're going to be at the forefront of it all. How, how easy is that to transition to? It took me a while to feel comfortable with it, not with my own body, mm. but with, um, with all of those mental gremlins that come in of like, who do you think you are? Or that people aren't going to take you seriously because, you know, you've moved from being behind the scenes and you know, being a real industry person to, or, oh, you know, why does your opinion on this matter? Or, but you know what? I'm just trying to give my expert opinion from 25 yeah. years in the industry. So it's an informed opinion and, and just my life experience as, <laughs> as a 40 something yeah. and, and having worked with loads of women who are similar. So I think it was those mental gremlins that took a bit more, um, a bit more love for me personally, but I know that other women struggle with, with other things regards to visibility, but for me, it was, for me, it was more that and, and think, and and that re reaffirming of who I am and what I'm about and and putting that out there to the world wouldn't have come on podcasts or, or done YouTube videos or anything, you know, two years ago. And also, I think, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, during COVID, I started, you know, learning more about online because we all had to, you know, suddenly it was Zoom and all of this. And and actually, you meet really incredible people. So, yeah. Again, thank you for having me on. And hello, all you women all over the world, because isn't this wonderful that we can all come together? Yeah, it really is. And thanks for sharing that because it's so easy for people to to forget that we all have that package and we all have that that kind of not demons, but those 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 kind of thought process that we have to battle against and even when you look at somebody like yourself that's got so much experience in this industry and so much experience and knowledge that you have got so much to offer us all um that you still self-doubt yourself and I think so many women in, in midlife will be able to relate to that and it's getting past that isn't it and taking a deep breath putting your big knickers on and going yes okay right I'm ready for this I can do it <laughs> and also you yeah, totally your big knickers I love that oh, oh, maybe <laughs> um, but I also think, you know, sometimes I need to listen to my own advice because mm. sometimes I say things in a video or, and I'm like, oh yeah, actually I need to, I need to revisit that because it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing mental process and we all yeah. have bad days, don't we? And I've 
you know, I went through, um, I went through a big depression. I'm generally somebody, I love life. I love the joie de vivre, life of the everyday. And I, I feel blessed to have had such a, a magical life and, you know, so many incredible opportunities, even if I don't have some other things that I maybe thought I would have like children. Yeah. Um, so I've always been somebody that's just full of energy for life. And, and then one year, you know, I, I was hit by depression and oh, I didn't feel like myself. I didn't know myself. And it, that was, that was a real moment of change for me also to move from the industry, although I still consult for luxury fashion brands, yeah. but to sort of step away from that. And also you see younger people moving in and you know, all of this and you think, okay, I'm stepping away. I'm still on the edge of the teacup. I'll dip my toe in. I'm still doing bits, but actually what do I want to do now? And who do I resonate with now? And, yeah. and so just that period where I, I really, it was, it was, it was like my clients say, when you don't feel like yourself, you know, you don't recognize yourself. And I used style as a form of self-care to help get myself out of that depression. And it took time, but it was about putting those everyday rituals into place. Like instead of just zigzagging, brushing your teeth aggressively before you've gone to work, actually thinking, oh, you know what? My teeth are quite nice. You know, thank yeah. God my parents put me in braces when I was a kid, you know, and giving them a bit of love and brushing them with compassion yeah. and massaging your cream into your face with some love and not just speaking about myself you know like oh my god what's happened to you what is this depression this whole I really didn't think I was going to come out and then slowly this really helped me and I thought yeah you know what I want to help other women not necessarily going through depression but who are going through life change yeah it's big I also could talk to you for, for hours we've got so much you know to uh, talk about but oh We'll have to meet up for lunch <laughs> after round two. <laughs> My last four questions that I kind of trying to ask all the guests. What book has inspired you along the way? And I'm guessing that might be a fashion book, is it? Oh, probably not. You know, um, yeah, you know, that's a, it's a wonderful question. Actually, I really love reading about as I say, I do come from quite an academic background and, and actually, you know, I, I was, I was fortunate enough to be taken onto the, the master's course at St. Martin's in fashion design, even though I hadn't come from a fashion background, thanks to my incredible, inspiring professor, Louise Wilson, who, who died. And she said to me, you know, in the interview, which was long after, you know, long after the admissions process had closed. And she said, you're interesting. I don't have a problem with offering you a place in St. Martin's because you're interesting and you don't just talk about fashion. You, you know, what's interesting in fashion is what you bring to it. Because as I said, I believe that fashion is a cultural reflection. Yeah. So actually my sort of books that have inspired me are probably, you know, literature that I've read and loved. Um, but also I love to read about neuroscience. So I really love, there's a, there's a neuroscientist called Ramachandran. He's Indian, worked and, and has worked in America and studied mm. in America. And, and I can't remember the name of the book, but Ramachandran's neuroscience book, anything by him actually. Right. Um, the, the cover was quite horrendous and it almost made me not want to read it. But you've got to sometimes put your judgment aside, your aesthetic yes. judgments aside. And, say, yeah. and oh my God, it's a fantastic book. And he talks about the plasticity of the brain and to me when I read this I was like wow it's never too late to change you know they used to believe that neurons were fixed and today yeah. they realized partly thanks to the incredible work of Ramachandran and also I have to say it's very accessible book it's you know not you don't have to be a physics major to read it um and actually and again this relates to style as well and very much to my process because 
because we need to surround ourselves by things that are positive to to ensure that our neurons are going in the right direction, that, that our neurons are firing in a positive way, we yeah. can actually affect that. And it doesn't change, meaning meaning it's never too late to change. And neuroscience proves that. So people, when they say, oh, you know, it's too late for me, la, la, it's not the case. Yeah. So that's really influential. And also I'm obsessed by artificial intelligence and kind of, you know, what's going to happen in the future, which is quite terrifying. I'm, I'm not so I loved um, Harari's book. Um, again, it's a bestseller uh, called Homo Deus. Oh, love it, love it, love it. So yeah, I'll put the links on the I'll put the links on the show notes so people can have a look at those as well. What mm. about a piece of music or a song that really motivates oh. you? What's your go-to song? Oh, that's a oh you oh you oh you're ending with these tough questions. <laughs> Rachel, what Rachel's like, she's all nice and she warms you up, and then you're like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> I'm actually my father worked in music and so for me I actually don't listen to much music to be honest with you I find it uh, a bit distracting so, yeah. and, and also when I grew up it was like if you're going to listen to music you're going to listen to music you're going to go in the sound room and you know have a right. full blast so I suppose you know and and this is very much again to do with the things that surround you and music is something that surrounds you right so music mm. is a part of your style as well so I, I think I, I very much go back to the music that my father listened to I love the house of the rising sun oh, and yes. he used to play it on his guitar to me when I was little so that song really fills me with with um good good memories of my father so I suppose that's my go-to song yeah love it and also who inspires you oh my grandmother my grandmother who raised me both my grandmothers they're both nearly a hundred Wow. Um, they're very different. One has got sort of this softest, whitest, most beautiful skin. And even though she went blind a number of years ago, she still gets her nails done with pearly nail varnish. And then she has this big ring. And it's funny because when I wear my ring, I, I think, oh yeah, that's that's a bit like my babcha. Yeah. I call her babcha, it's Polish. You know, she has a big heavy ring and then she has these like feminine nails and I think that's that's great and pearly white nails that match her beautiful fluffy soft white hair and then my other grandmother who spent I spent a lot of time with as a child because my my parents were at work or building the house mm. um and she showed such resilience they came over during the war she still won't talk about the things that she's been through and you know a lot of my life was I was Polish before being English, even though yeah. I was born in England. You know, I went to Polish school, I did Polish scouts, I did Polish dancing. And it's such an important part of my heritage, yeah. um, my cultural heritage. And I, I, I find it devastating that we're, the Britain is no longer in the European Union, but that's another yes. subject. But I continue to be inspired by the strength and resilience and, and inner and outer beauty of both of my grandmothers. That's slightly off topic, but it's just as we were talking then. So has the kind of your background and your, your Polish culture, has that influenced your style as well, do you think? Have you incorporated that into your everyday style? Oh, probably. It's probably this love of the decorative and, mm. you know, and also, you know, Eastern European women. You know, I remember being in church when I was little and the um, the aisle down the catwalk it's a bit like it was a bit like a down the church was a bit like a catwalk you know and there were all these fur coats and you know it's very unfashionable now I know to talk about fur but grew up with it and I, I love yeah. it um, and you can have wonderful fake fur too you know each to their own each to their own um vintage fur can be actually more sustainable than some of the plastic yeah. furs out there but whatever you know, it's, it's a huge subject and everybody has to decide for themselves but yeah you know so it was very much this idea of glamour and femininity and elegance mm. and that 
is not just in external dress, but that's in behavior too. And I, that's why I say, I think for me, style has to match your values. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was raised with very traditional values and some of those I, you know, although I'm, I'm maybe more open-minded today than I was as a child, mm. I do think that all of those elements of, of my Eastern European heritage definitely feed into my beliefs and my style today. Yeah, fabulous. And my last question, because I'm really trying to encourage women to be more complimentary about themselves because quite often we find it difficult to accept oh, compliments. True. So yeah. if you were to pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? Oh, la la. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I have to say, I still struggle with, I, I'm, I'm good at receiving compliments. You know, I think how great somebody wants to say something nice about me. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's wonderful. But there's, there is something I struggle with. And I think it's, and I think some of, some of your listeners will resonate. This thing I still struggle with, so this is not answering your question, I'm aware, but anyway, is that when you're known for your intelligence or your academic prowess or your career success, it can be difficult to accept another side of yourself because that's what you always lean on. And the other, it works the other way around as well. So when somebody says you're beautiful, because I see my or saw myself as creative or imaginative or intellectual or clever before yeah. I saw myself as beautiful. For me, that one is a hard one, even though I now accept that I'm more attractive than I would previously have have believed I was. Yeah. Um, so I do still find that a little, a little, I wouldn't say challenging. It's lovely, but it, it you know, it, it's still, I still got some work to do there. Yeah. But what compliment would I, would I pay myself? I think I would think just simply, well done. You've got this far. How amazing that we've got this far, Rachel. Exactly. Because yeah. so many beautiful people, yeah. you know, haven't had the privilege to get as far in life as we've got, you yeah. know, in terms of age, in terms of the beauty that I've seen in the world my goal is very much to inspire others and to spread beauty and and I think I'm so blessed and so fortunate to have got this far in life and be able to do that well I'm looking forward to what what you continue to do now but thank you so much how can people find out about coming to to find out more about you and possibly work with you and ask for help from you how can people find you oh so I'm trying to nurture my Instagram which is at stylish whispering it's a great name by the way love it oh thank you (laughs) yeah I want I I call myself the style whisperer but I couldn't get the Instagram handle because you know I believe in in discreetly helping clients you know I'm a confidential service Mm. and and I am quite behind the scenes even though I'm putting myself more out there in pictures and things and a lot of my clients don't like talking about themselves or you know don't want to say they've had help so yeah it's a very discreet service unless somebody which you know is happy for me to shout about them then I'll shout for you too so yes yeah, at stylish whispering and you can dm me I love hearing from people and then I'm also getting on top of my website which is style-whisper.com well I'll put all so, those links onto the end of the show notes oh, as well so people can so find you but thank you so much it's been a absolute pleasure and yes when we when you're next in London let's let's meet up it'd be lovely it would be lovely. I mean, you are a pleasure and you are beautiful from the inside out, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank and, you. Uh, lots of love. Yeah, lovely. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So another great conversation this week. I will always get excited talking about fashion because it's just a way of expressing your personality and showing up for the world how you want to be seen. So, you know, next time you are going into your wardrobe and you are stuck, you don't know what to wear that day, really try and connect with how you are feeling, what mood you're in, how you would like to feel for the rest of the day. Perhaps you're feeling kind of a bit sluggish and you're not really feeling it in the morning, but how do you want to show up for the rest of the day? Think of the clothes that are going to give you that extra boost because it definitely is an extension of your personality. So lots of food for thought there. I will be back next week with another interesting, inspiring woman 
So in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Outer Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join our fabulous group of women in the free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at RachelPeru1. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. And don't forget, if you're loving the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. Until next time, keep being fabulous.